It's a dreadful ball and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Medler, lovely cushion header for Gerrard! Oh, you're The Ghost Goal Podcast. Welcome back to the Ghost Goal Podcast. As always, I'm Andrew Pissarro in here with Alex Moss, the uh, OG Ghost Goal boys in here for you on a Sunday night due to uh, scheduling. No, uh, no Javier, unfortunately. He will be on the uh, he'll be on the Wednesday episode when uh, Alex and him get together. But how are we doing tonight, my man? Pretty good. Pretty bummed about that Ravens playoff loss, but you know I'll get over it. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's been an interesting day. A couple days of NFL playoffs and everything not too happy about that seahawks game last night um not too happy about that bears game today either but it's fine it's fine you lose money on the bears or something oh no you're i lost money on the seahawks i lost money on the seahawks i don't want to talk about it but yeah but that's not why we're here we're here to talk about the premier league as always it's been a little while since we've done an episode it's been a wild scheduling just for all of us between uh traveling for the holidays people's work schedules over the holidays there's a lot going on and mind you as you guys know, if you listen to this pod and know what I do for a living, I cover the NFL, and so my schedule has changed again. So Alex and I are going to talk a little bit about Manchester City, Liverpool. We're going to talk about the Pulisic uh, departure from Dortmund to Chelsea, and we're also going to talk about the couple of Liverpool transfers that have gone down already in the early stages of the January window. And we'll close the episode today with my team of the season so far. We've done this every single year. This is our third year running and doing this part of the pod. And uh, it goes as following. You pick a legitimate starting 11 with an actual lineup, like an actual formation that a manager could utilize. You pick a manager of the season and you pick a player of the season. And the one stipulation we have is that you can only pick three players from one team, which is what makes it a little bit more tricky than just picking a whole bunch of players, most likely from Liverpool and Manchester City, who are your teams in first and second. Um, But let's get right into it. Liverpool finally lost first time in the season on Thursday afternoon against Manchester City when they lost at City. Sergio Aguero opening the scoring in the 40th minute. Firmino answered in the 64th, and Leroy Sané scored the winner in the 72nd minute. Um, I've got a lot of thoughts about this game, and I know Alex probably has a couple things he wants to talk about too, but I'm going to, before I throw to him, I am going to just open up with a little bit of a diatribe of saying I'm not worried. We weren't supposed to be four points clear. We were never supposed to be seven points clear. The pressure in the my mind excuse. is still on. The Klopp excuse. That's yeah. what he said after this. 100%. The... If you had told me we'd be up four points at this point of the season, I would have snatched it out of your hand. I think that's what he said. Right, if you had told me we've only would have lost one time all season at this point, of this, I, would have, I wouldn't have just snatched your hand off. I would have bit your fucking arm off. Like, like to be where we are, we were not, you know, I picked Liverpool to win the league. But that's because of who I am. This is the, you know two out of three years I've picked Liverpool to win the league on this podcast. We weren't supposed to be here. This Manchester City team is supposed to be the Golden State Warriors of football right now, and they're not. So I'm excited for where we are. I like where this squad is heading. This wasn't the best performance. The one in particular I would point out was probably Dayon Lovren. But at the same time, as much as this wasn't a a great performance from Dayon Lovren. We just got unlucky. We had multiple multiple potential goals scooped up up over the uh, off off the goal line. I'm not going to sit here and be like, "Oh, that should have been a goal because the shadows." I don't give a fuck. Like goal line technology, I believe in it, and I'm a I'm a proponent for it. So I'm not going to sit here and fight it when it doesn't go my way. But no ghost goals today, had- bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. If only um, we'd had this technology back in 2005, Chelsea would have. Yeah, uh, so that you could stop making a big deal about it because cha- we won the game. Well, Chelsea would have another Champions League. We would have beaten Mourinho in that final, uh, and then. But the bad thing is, we wouldn't have a ghost. Uh, we wouldn't have a podcast title. <laughs> we would yeah, have to come I mean, up with that, something else. That that would. That, and honestly, like it took us. Like people forget. Like we were Andrew and Alex talking soccer for like two and a half episodes on SoundCloud back in the early days. I like, think it was. I think it was like, one. I, I was pretty uh, hell bent on getting us a a name or as early I know as you possible. Are. So you uh, more so than me. You more so than me. I was kind of like, eh, fuck it. When we'll we'll get to it when it comes to it. And but yeah, here we are, two and a half plus years later. Uh, anyways, look, there were plenty of chances for Liverpool. They couldn't get it done. Uh, Manchester City made their chances as well. Raheem Sterling again fails to score against Liverpool, which I just find laughable. 
but uh, Allison bailed us out on more than a couple occasions. Um, the Aguero save, Jesus. Yeah, that, that one was great. That could have been so that huge. Was, yeah. Um, I don't think this game inherently tells us that Manchester City is better than Liverpool. I really don't. I really don't think this game is going to give City any extra juice. If anything, I think it gives Klopp an opportunity to kind of tell his guys, like, hey, it, it gives us a chance to kind of like, hey, people are, are right there. It, I think it gives us the we're not going to get soft type of uh, mentality. I also hate this rhetoric that, oh, Liverpool don't have t- players that have won championships. You know who else didn't have a ton of players that w- had won championships? The Miami Heat with LeBron James. And, I thought you were going to say Manchester City. <laughs> yeah, well, also, but also Manchester City a couple no, years but, ago. Like, yeah, this, sure, a couple years ago. But I thought you meant like last year. But this is No, but like this is the weakest argument in sports, like the not having a winner's mentality. It's all bullshit. And it's like, okay, fine, yeah, a bunch of these guys were – were there when Liverpool lost the Champions League last year, but there were they lost their best player thirty minutes into that game and had a goalkeeper who's not on this team anymore make two colossal mistakes. This is still a very good team. This is still a team that has very good mentality. It just wasn't their day on Thursday. Like luck like the bounces didn't go their way. I'm not worried. I, I'm a little concerned about Dayon Lavre. I'm a little concerned that this is the second time that Leroy Sané has turned Trent Alexander-Arnold in, inside out. But we still created chances. We still scored a goal. Like Andy Robertson's still the best left back in the Premier League, if not the world. We're fine. Like, totally fine. And also, shout out to the Manchester City fans. Who I'm fine, guys. I swear. <laughs> Who thought I was going to step up to the plate and talk about this game? Like, like, come on! If anybody has stepped up on this podcast and talked about taking L's over the last two and a half years, it's always been me. It's not Javier. Javier, 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 he's he's backed out of two now. The the Chelsea loss for Arsenal earlier this season, and then the Liverpool loss uh, last week. Uh, Yeah, yeah. You hear that, Javier? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like. I'm here. I'll always step up to the plate. I'll reply. Like, I'm on Twitter. Javier's not even on Twitter. Like, come on. Do you even I, exist I, if you're not on Twitter? <laughs> no. What's the point of having a life if you're oh, not God. on Twitter? Like, like, come on. No, I, I don't think that this Manchester City team is – I think we're comparable with them. And I, I kind of think that Fabinho should have come on a little earlier. I kind of think he should have started. They kind of got a little bit more momentum going at the time when he came on. But I also felt like City – had the lead and were willing to kind of sit back and, and just play defense. Um, I mean, maybe this would have been a different game if, if Mendy was healthy and you see Laporte playing as a center back and not as a left back. And there's so many things that we could talk about, but Joe Gomez is going to come back in a couple weeks and the, the defensive line that I'm not worried about for Liverpool, is going to be fine. And I've said this to Alex and I've, I think I've said this on the pod. I didn't give a shit about going undefeated. I didn't give a shit about not breaking Chelsea's, only conceding, what, 15 goals in a Premier League season? Mm-hmm. I don't care about that. I don't care. Those records aren't important to me. Like, scoring the most points in Premier League history, not important to me. Scoring the most goals in Premier League in history, not important to me. It's only one thing that's important, and it's a trophy. It's not because I don't want the records. It's because winning, regardless, if Liverpool hadn't won the, the Premier League last year or they hadn't won it in 30 years or whatever, I'd still just want the trophy. I don't care about those records. They don't mean anything to me. They're add-ons. They add to the legacy of what that trophy means. Like the City team last year will be considered among one of the best ones because they got to 100 points, because they broke the record for goals scored in the season, because they won the most games. That's impressive. But a team in Liverpool's position just needs to start getting the trophies. And like, I also think too, like, we're still going to look back as like the most successful teams in English history as like the 1999 Manchester United team that won a treble, the Liverpool team that won a treble in the 80s. Like those are that's always not Premier League history, to, but that's I didn't say Premier League. I Did said you not? English. I misheard you. I misheard I said, you. I said English. I said English. Like we're still going to talk about the most successful teams in England as the teams that did. No one's done a quadruple, but like a treble, a double. That shit's always going to come up more than the the statistics. Like not to play like all like traditional like football guy that stats are for losers, but. The shoes fit, you know? Like, Well, no, I mean, you guys, as, as has been mentioned many times, you guys haven't won the league in, what is it now, 20, 30 years? 20, 20 oh. yeah. Coming up on 30 years? 
Yeah, nineteen yeah, nineteen eighty nine ninety was the last one, I think. Right now, you just need to try and reopen the floodgates because yeah. obviously players have started becoming attracted to Liverpool over the last couple of years since Klopp joined. It's seen more as like a desirable project to join. Once you get the first one, that usually leads to a few more players becoming interested in the project and wanting to join, and hence more trophies. But I, I want to be just slightly critical of Klopp in this game because obviously you've heard of the, the saying. To, uh, one step forward, two steps back. I want to flip that. And I, I kind of looked at Klopp's team selection in this as overall in the season so far that Liverpool have taken two steps forward. But in this particular game, it felt like Klopp himself took like one step back. I, I thought the midfield three that he played in the Champions League uh, quarterfinal against Manchester City that obviously had a lot of success uh, of Henderson, Wijnaldum, and Milner. I thought when I first saw the lineups, okay, Klopp's getting back to what what uh, gave him success last time he's uh, beaten Manchester City. That's probably smart, but you guys ended up being a bit like too conservative in it. There wasn't really enough of a link between the, the midfield and forward lines. Salah and Firmino had to start coming really, really deep and it's, it was impressive that you actually managed to create as many chances as you did playing that conservatively and allowing City to have the ball for that long. Um, but I just think at this point, you just, you've got to start embracing players like Keita and Fabinho, players with real talent who are the actual future of this team, and start including them to start from the very beginning in games like this. And I know you mentioned Fabinho, but uh, like I don't know why Henderson's in that game. Like no offense to him, uh, he has I I, he has you. a place in the team and in certain games, I but I don't think you. he should no, be in a I, in a lineup against Manchester City. I totally agree with you. Fabinho should have played. It should have been Fabinho, Wijnaldum, maybe Milner. But I think Klopp went back to what had worked in the past, and also what got to evolve, Andrew. We've got to grow. Yeah, I, make, I don't make disagree. Like forward. I, I want to see Naby Keita in the. I wanted to see Naby Keita in that lineup and. I wanted to see Fabinho start, and I've I've long said this: like the Fabinho, Wijnaldum, Keita midfield is our is the midfield. Yeah. Like that's the one. It Jordan Henderson, Milner, and Wijnaldum is fine against fucking Brighton, but it, it wasn't, in my opinion, it wasn't the right call. But it's also the same midfield three that helps stifle Manchester City in October. Like I see why Klopp is going for it because I talked about it ahead of the game. Like at least with you guys, we didn't obviously get to tape something. But I could have seen it made sense for, for that lineup because Klopp was playing to make Manchester City beat him, not necessarily playing to go in there the same way that we did when we beat them like three 0 at Anfield in the yeah, Champions yeah. League when Ox like there was it was a level of strategy from Klopp of I have the points, I'm gonna like play a, a team that I think could frustrate them and and they didn't succeed in that and who knows you know maybe they go a little bit differently and manchester city beats them 3-1 like a lot of things could happen they very well could have it's a, yeah a couple chances all, at the end all, there exactly like it's all it's at this point i'm not upset about it i'm not really that worried i still think more of the pressure is on city um let's jump manchester city come on we've got to talk about them i want to shout out i want to shout out one player in particular who i fucking love watching for city but i hate that plays for them and that's leroy sane that kid is the real fucking deal and <sighs> see he's fact... not the one that jumps off the off, off the team sheet to me from that game but oh, i know he had the oh, winner no. so that that helps obviously it's not even the winner he tore he turned trent inside and out all night like yeah, but Trent didn't have the same support from his midfield players that he had in that game. In the, particularly, I think of the the 3-0 at Anfield, where he had Sané in his pocket. Then he got a lot of help from Milner and a lot of help from Wijnaldum that night, dropping deep and sort of like interchanging with him uh, at right back. That just didn't really seem to be there. They managed to get Sané a little bit more isolated on him, which, you know, it's hard for any right back to deal with Sané over 90 minutes. I mean, look, Sané Sané has done it against Sané's consistently played well against Liverpool every single time. And that like he is not that 3-0. Watching him. Not that 3-0. Not that the not that 3-0, but he did score in the 2-1 when we beat them at the Etihad. He scored the first goal. Like or he scored this uh I don't remember what goal it was. But he scored. I think it was Jesus. We, yeah. Uh was, but he created it. Like okay. he was right there. He has been a thorn in my side before. He was excellent when they kicked the shit out of us when Mane uh, got sent off last year. He had two goals every, in that game. Yeah, every single time he plays us, he gives us gives us hard gives us a hard time. Um, I thought we didn't do enough to like try to throw Fernandinho off his game. I thought he still had a good game in midfield. 
Um, Fernandinho was like it was it was him and Bernardo Silva were one and one A for man of the match for me. But like, yeah, both I, of them were great. I, I've listened to. Uh, I cheated on a saying, Drew. I've listened to other podcasts since then. <laughs> you listen to other soccer podcasts I, I, I that you're supposed to I, so that you know what other people are doing so we can do it better? Yeah. And what, what are you talking and about? I, and the only reason I'm addressing that is because, like, uh, I, I, I didn't – I'm not stealing this person's take. I had this this uh, thought to myself as I was watching the game on Thursday, but uh, I heard another uh, podcast host basically say that he saw a side of Bernardo Silva that he'd never seen before. And I, that perfectly summed up Bernardo Silva's performance for me. He was just, he was like he was a madman. He was I'd never seen him run so much and uh, we're, we're be so be dedicated off Bernardo the ball Silva later in the pod. Oh, what's that? Oh, okay. He's in your team this season. Well, that's questionable. <laughs> this performance to me was his best performance I've seen in a city shirt, and uh, I would be a little worried if I was David Silva because David Silva was largely anonymous in that game. And uh, if anyone's going to make himself a little bit more dis- uh, dispensable to the team, uh, with De Bruyne coming back into form and uh, obviously plenty of other attacking players trying to solidify their, their place in the city team, it's probably going to be David Silva that uh, obviously getting older will be ushered out. Um, but yeah, Bernardo was excellent. Fernandinho was excellent. I, I don't know what you mean by throwing him off his game. I think you just have to do your best to avoid him. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's the same with Ngolo Kante. You're not throwing them off their games. You just have to try and work them. I feel like they didn't attack a player who was coming back from an injury so soon as much as they should have, if that makes sense. Well, I mean, it didn't look like it hindered him all. He was amazing. I, I he was all over I the know. place. I know. In a good way. Uh, and Raheem Sterling did have a good game. He did create the chance. He also whiffed on a bunch of other ones. So that's... Has there ever that, been a that, more Sergio Aguero goal scored? No, no. <laughs> and like a lot of people were like mad at Lovren for like allowing that to happen. And it's like, did you see that angle that he just put the ball? Like, like, come yeah. on, man. I don't, I don't, I don't think that was as much day on Lovren's fault as everyone wants to say it is, but that's fine. Like everyone was going to scapegoat him the second that they lost because of the comments he's made over the last three to four months, which I wouldn't have opened my mouth if I was him. But at the same time, I didn't reach the, the, the world cup final of a country that has like three. Yeah. I mean, the, like the guy reached a champions million. league final and a world cup final within two months of, of each other. He, he was, feel, yeah. he was feeling himself a bit too much. He's kind of feeling himself. And like, you know what, if you, what's that Kendrick line about go on the gram and flex on him? Like if you've got the fucking sauce, you might as well dish it. Like, come on, man. I feel like we need to make that into a t-shirt. If you've got the fucking sauce, you might as well dish it, maybe. I don't know. Would people buy that? Ken, Ken, Kendrick's, Kendrick's attorneys will come for us. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, Kendrick didn't say that. That's that's an Andrew Passaro original. Follow us on Twitter at Andrew Passaro at ASMOS92 Echo Skull Pod. We don't have to shout out Javier because he doesn't have a Twitter. There's a lot of shots being fired, but at the same time, Alex and I haven't done a haven't done a, a pod in one-on-one a week. in a while. So. A week. No, oh, no, no, we haven't done a one-on-one one pod in a, in a while. It's been a minute. Anybody else on City we need to talk about before we transition into the other stuff? Uh, I thought it was admirable what Johan Laporte did at left back. He wasn't good, but he also wasn't like a glaring uh, hole in the team. Like he just sort of filled in where needed where he needed to, and then got back as quickly as he could to to, to cover any counterattacks. You know, it was. I thought that would be a a problem spot for them, and it kind of turned into a non-factor in the game, which was interesting. I would agree. I mean, he's he's a top class defender. Oh, and John Stones. Game. What am I talking about? John Stones. Oh yeah, how do we forget about John? John Stones, Stones ladies and gentlemen. Oh my god. I mean, he's obviously he's been he's been good for two years now. It's not like a surprise performance from him, but the goal line clearance. Holy shit! To Try and clear it, have it hit your keeper, and have the quickness of thought to immediately turn your head and get back and block it within like a millimeter of it being a goal that that play in and of itself was huge. But then overall his play on the ball and, uh, and obviously on the Liverpool when they were counterattacking, he was, he was excellent too. Yeah. He had a, he had a good game except for the part where he kicked the ball into Ederson's faces, which was, which would have been hilarious if that's how the first goal had gone in. I really wish that could have happened. Did you uh, sign the like, petition uh, to uh, <laughs> saying that that was a goal that <laughs> the Liverpool no. fans were sharing? No. Oh Jesus! If if, we don't trust technology, if I was going to sign that petition, it's Alex. It's Sunday night. It's nine thirty. This game was like four days ago. If I was going to sign that petition, that's why I asked. 
I would have blown it out my ass on Twitter oh, right. like at least once an hour, okay? <laughs> like there would have been a hundred plus tweets of this about, about from me at this point in time if I was gonna be that guy. I didn't complain about it. I it's the fucking way it goes sometimes. All right, were you one of the complainers about the uh company on Sala tackle? I did think that was a red card. I didn't think I so. Did. I like I thought he got the ball <laughs> like pretty solidly. Did. Like <laughs> Uh, he also got. Did he, he get a yellow got, for that? He did get a yellow. I think a yellow's uh, fine. Like you know, if Salah had kicked the ball towards goal and then been fouled, and he'd been upended like that, and the company hadn't gotten the ball at all, then I would have been like, yeah, okay, he would he would have been off if he wasn't touched. So my one thing was he was the last defender, right? And he got the ball. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't just get the ball. He also he got, got a bit. A he got a bit amount. of a man, and that's why a foul was called and a, a yellow card was given. He got given. a fair amount of ankle. He got a fair amount of ankle with studs up when he was the last man. Like if Salah doesn't jump the right way, he could have broken his ankle. But here's the thing: the the last man, it, it, it's it, it's not quite the definition isn't last man. It's preventing of a clear and obvious goal scoring chance. And because Salah didn't get the ball himself and wasn't like didn't like I said knock it in on goal. Uh, it's, therefore, it's not really looked at as a chance. Like the chance hadn't been created. But... I get the I get the ruling. I get the ruling. I understand that. I'm just saying, like we could have seen that called. Like if that we was could've... a red card, it, it could have it could have been called that. I like I said, I'm not here making excuses right now. I was making excuses about the ghost. Like if I was gonna fight about one more than the other, it would be the company foul. Right. I'm not fighting about either of them. Let's talk about Christian Pulisic's move from Borussia Dortmund to Chelsea Football Club for 58 million pounds. I have a lot of opinions about it, but let's get the uh, let's get the first reaction from our Chelsea expert, Alex. How did, how did you feel? Chelsea expert. That's a lovely title. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the thing that jumps off the, the, the page first, obviously, is the fee. And that seems to be like the main hang up that everyone has with it, because uh, I think it's fair to say that overall, the, the social media response to it has not been overall positive uh, on, on Chelsea's side, especially from, uh, I want to say, uh, European based fans. The Americans are obviously they're they're all crazy about it. They're, this is this is a dream for so many American fans. Maybe not American fans of other teams, but American based Chelsea fans uh, to see the best player of this generation join uh, their team. Also, American based soccer fans in general. Deadass. I was at the bar not three hours ago when my buddy and I were talking about Pulisic, and he goes, "You realize I'm going to watch like every Chelsea game I can now, right?" It's like you fucking asshole. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But it's 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 fifty eight million uh, around that uh, pounds. Fifty eight million pounds. Uh, the main issue I had with it wasn't exactly the number. It was the fact that we weren't getting him now, and, and we're, he's obviously not going to join up with Chelsea until the summer. He's been loaned back to Dortmund for the rest of the season, where he hasn't really had uh, much of a run of games. He's been injured for a big chunk. Uh, Jaden Sancho, the uh, player that Dortmund signed from Manchester City's academy about a year or two ago has uh, taken full advantage of that and, and taken his place out on that right wing. Uh, but he's uh, – I, I kind of understand the, the point that he's going to stay with Dortmund for now. It's a much less hostile situation. It would be kind of harder for him to break his way into the Chelsea team right now. And instead, he's going to play Champions League with them, uh, win the Bundesliga title with Dortmund, a team that obviously showed a lot of faith with him from a very young age. So he has uh, a level of atta- attachment to them, and that's something that he wants to try and uh, try and see come to fruition at his time there. It's just kind of a bummer that that large of a sum of money doesn't get you a player right now. And he just kind of seemed a little soft from Chelsea because – in all honesty, we need help on the wings. Williams uh, not been good this season. Pedro's not getting any younger. He's uh, 31 or 32. Williams 30. Uh, and both of those players' contracts run out at the end of next season at the same time as Eden Hazard's. Uh, but purely as a player, I, I love the transfer. It's a uh, it's more, yet even more commitment after the Jorginho transfer um, that that Chelsea wants to give sorry players to help adjust to the way that he wants to play. And Pulisic, for such a young player, the thing people rave about him, other than his athleticism and his, his dribbling ability on the ball, is his, just his his tenacity in his, in his pressing high up the field, trying to win the ball back within one or two seconds of losing it. 
and then his his mindset, or I guess like the what you would call like the intangibles. Like he's twenty years old, broken to the Dortmund team at eighteen or seventeen, but when people are around him, so many people just say he, it's like being around a thirty year old. He's like a full grown man, full grown prof- professional in his uh, uh, commitment to his job and everything like that, and his and his attitude towards uh, towards football. So it's it's a really promising signing. I'm really really happy about it. Uh, and the one thing I'll mention at the end is that uh, there's been some sort of a mini argument over whether Paul Six was signed to become Eden Hazard's replacement or whether he was signed to be uh, a running mate for Eden Hazard, like an- another attacking player. Now, obviously, I think most of us would prefer that it was the latter because Paul Six is a great player, but I-, I don't think he's capable of being the most creative, most talented player on a on a league winning team in England or a champions league winning team. I don't think that's offensive to say. And I think, uh, I don't think Americans should take that as like a slight towards him. Uh, that, that just doesn't seem like something uh, like that he's really capable of. He'll be a great piece. And I think he'll bring uh, just as much, if not more to the forward line than uh, William and Pedro brought over these last, uh, this last like six months or so, but to expect him to become Chelsea's talisman, if you like, I think that might be expecting a bit too much. Yeah, my one concern, look, I didn't want to see him leave Dortmund and come to the Premier League because now i got to watch this kid who I like watching for the United States play for somebody else. Supposedly you guys were going to sign him, yeah. We were linked to him over the summer, but Klopp apparently took a look at what he had with the squad already with signing Shakiri and the potential with with Oxlade-Chamberlain coming back. You've obviously got a couple youngsters who are doing well on loan. And kind of looked at what he had and said, I don't need to spend this money. I I kind of am okay with that. Like, I, I look at signing Christian Pulisic and I say, where is he going to play? And that's my biggest concern with wherever he was going to go. And at Chelsea, yeah, you're right. They're probably going to move on. For, they could move on from Pedro this offseason. They could see William leave this offseason. Um, God, please. And so there's a, there's a definite – there's an opening for him at Chelsea. My one concern is, and and I the idea of him in Sorry Ball is not something that I look forward to as a Liverpool fan, but it's something mm-hmm. as a United States fan that excites me. Like that, like Sorry is going to improve him as an attacker. That's just a fact. Yeah. It's going to happen. My concern is not necessarily about that. It's uh, what's going to happen if Sorry gets sacked in a year and a half. Is like like let's like I'm not picking on Chelsea here. I'm just talking about like. An actual fact that's been going on since Roman Abramovich has been there. Like, there hasn't been a long-term manager. Christian Pulisic is a player who I really wouldn't want to get stuck in a merry-go-round of coaches who constantly change philosophy. And that's just me as an American fan. Um, I think he'll succeed at Chelsea. And I also think that, in reality, if anything starts going down the tubes, like, he'll just go back to Germany on loan. Like... It's, well, okay. I, I see. I keep seeing. I, don't I, I keep seeing Americans like express like a similar opinion to that, where they think like, "Oh no, the Chelsea uh, system's gonna chew up and spit out another another lone army prospect." Like, I just I don't even think of him in that category. We spent fifty eight million pounds on him. He's been playing in yeah, the Champions League. On Mishi? on Mishi, like thirty. Yeah, but I mean, Mishi was also Mishi was also like twenty three, twenty four when we signed him. It, it, I don't know. I, it, that, I, yeah, I guess th- that could be seen as similar, but yeah, uh, and Pulisic. I just think if you have the talent, like that's not going to be that much of an issue. Like, there's plenty of players in Chelsea's squad for the last two or three years that are talented enough that their name doesn't really need to be. Uh, considered for dropping, like you're not dropping the Eden Hazards and Golo Kantes. If, if Pulisic is the player that we've seen him be, it's not like it's he's like been a one year wonder flash in the pan. No. No, he's no, been no, playing no. at a he's high level well. for two two and a half years now, playing in the Champions he has League. His assist against his assist against Real Madrid in the Champions. League. I, mean, I, I would point more to the overall performance against Real Madrid in the Champions League and his performances against Bayern in league play. So. I'm not. I'm not worried about him getting loaned out or anything like that. I, and the, in terms of Chelsea, it's a different question whether Chelsea are as committed to uh, this style of play <laughs> as I, I hope they are. But 
common sense dictates that if you're going to try and change your philosophy from one end of the spectrum to the other, it's going to take more than a year or even or even two. And I'm sure Maurizio Sarri would have gotten that across to to the board, to the people that hired him at Chelsea before he ever took the job. He would have said, now, listen, this is going to be a big project. You're going to have to be patient with me. Honestly, regardless of what the results are, we'll do our best, but it's gonna, you're gonna have to be a little patient before we're fully playing in, uh, Sari's vision. And the other thing Chelsea do too is they get out and get this signing done now with a potential transfer ban looming. So, um, in terms of that, they did some good business. Um, I want to just note quickly there's two Liverpool transfers. Uh, Dominic Solanke was sold to Bournemouth for 19 million. Uh, the surprise about this one was that he was linked to Crystal Palace for a while on a loan deal, which I heard was like all but done. And then out of nowhere, it fell apart. And Bournemouth offering like real money, real time, potent- I don't even know how much real time. He's still going to kind of sit behind two other players in uh, Wilson two? and King. King King they play is more of like a wide slash creative player. And they got rid of That's Defoe right. yesterday. They they loaned That's to right. they loaned Defoe to Rangers uh for yep. two years or something. So it kind of looks like they're gonna use him as hopefully a player that they can play in spot minutes here and there. And uh it, it kind of shows me that uh Callum Wilson is probably they're gonna try and ma- uh, make some money off Callum Wilson either in the summer or later this month. Interesting. That's a good take. That's a good take. But look, I mean, Solanke was not going to come in at Liverpool anytime soon. I think he made more progression with us. He scored his first first goal in the Premier League. But the guy but... doesn't score goals. My joke with my joke with him is that he's the next Danny Welbeck. Uh, I mean, the funny thing is he scores goals in bunches when he gets the opportunity to play. Just not at like it's not happened in. He always does it for the England U-20s. He always does it for the Liverpool yeah, U-20s. Yeah, you got to take – like, he scored 40 yeah. goals and Tammy Abrams scored 50 in the same team in the youth team for Chelsea when they yep. when they were both like 19 and 18 years old. Uh, like I, <laughs> he, He's obviously got some record or he wouldn't be uh, considered for a, uh, a professional contract and, and be – could be playing at Chelsea, to be honest. He was like – did have a couple of like substitute appearances for us. He was considered promising. But there comes a time with every, every player. Uh, I think what is he now? Like twenty one, twenty two. When he gets yeah. that chance, he's gonna have to. He's gonna have to get. Uh, he's gonna have to hit the floor running. He's gonna have to start scoring right away. All right, he's just turned twenty one this past September. But yeah, I mean, this is an opportunity for him to play. He wasn't gonna play at Liverpool on a regular basis, and they made a lot of money off of him for a guy they really only picked up for a few million pounds. Odd signing him on a free a few years ago. So good business. Um, the next bit of Liverpool news, I'm not really that stoked about, and that's Nathaniel Klein's loan to Bournemouth, which pissed off Neil Warnock, the manager of Cardiff City, who called it unprofessional because Neil Warnock gave Klein his like career debut at Crystal Palace, had worked with the player before, and was all excited to kind of have him back. And he was Warnock. It, was he going to be loaned to Cardiff? Yeah, he was going to be loaned to Cardiff, and loaned or sold, and then. Um, Liverpool like pumped the brakes and in that time when they were waiting he apparently passed on like two or three other fullbacks and now needs to buy a striker so he's like all butthurt at Liverpool for not selling him Nathaniel Klein and but uh, I mean it's a smart move for Klein he's going to get opportunity at the south coast I mean Klein up until that injury a couple years ago was playing was getting minutes for the English national team he's kind of he's been displaced by Trent Alexander-Arnold and Joe Gomez and Kyle Walker he was a yeah, it, well, yeah, I, yeah, but I was also talking about Liverpool, but that's fine. Um, oh, I thought you meant with England specifically. But. Oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah, I mean, those three in particular. I think he's a really good defender, but for Klopp style, having a guy like Trent just fits everything, what we're looking for a little bit more. I would have liked to have Klein's experience coming off the bench these last couple of weeks, but I understand if a guy like Klein wants to move on, that's smart for his career. And this is also the opportunity for him to – it's only a loan, so he could go out and play well, and Liverpool could get a fair price for him next summer if they are going to really move on from and, him. And to be fair to him, he's been out for so long with injuries that he's already probably feels like that's so much lost time in his career. Uh, he, now that he's healthy, to have those two players in his way of getting back into the Liverpool team, never mind the England team, it's uh, it, it, would, it would definitely seem daunting, and you would definitely just want to get out there and try to get some playing time for the rest of the season. 
it's a good yep. it's a good move for Bournemouth though. I really like it. Yep. Uh, it's also some other quick transfer news. Southampton confirmed Stephen Davis is joining Rangers on loan until the end of the season, just like Jermaine Defoe. Stephen Gerrard making uh, moves. Trying to, yeah, making a bunch of moves. Uh, yes, Real Madrid officially signed Brahim Diaz from Manchester City. Um, the big deal about this one is that this kid, kind of like Jaden Sancho, is one of the top prospects in the Manchester City farm system, which is supposed to be really, really good, but they're having an issue where they already have a bunch of world-class players at every position and they don't have anywhere for these kids to go. Um, Diaz has been linked to a move to Madrid for weeks now, so I'm really not that shocked that this is happening. I don't have a ton of a ton to say, but I'm gonna. I, I got a little. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I loved the pettiness. I don't know if this is true, but it's a really fun headline. Uh, the, the, supposedly, City sold him to Real Madrid. Uh, I, I think there's a twenty percent uh, sell-on clause on his uh, on the deal if Real Madrid mm-hmm. sell him anywhere else. Uh, but if he they sell him to Man United, it's a forty percent sell-on clause. <laughs> I love the pettiness of that. Uh, I respect that. I, I respect the I respect hustle. That. Um, but in terms of him as a player, I haven't seen that much of him. Uh, he, he must be he must be some hell of a forward player. I, I believe he is a center forward slash uh, striker. I, I've heard him compared somewhat to Sergio Aguero, which uh, would have been nice if it would, would be nice if he turns into the next Aguero. Uh, it's just unfortunate for City that that won't be in Manchester. Uh, I think. Of those three, of Phil Foden, Jaden Sancho, and Brahim Diaz, those three were really viewed as the the, the future at Manchester City uh, a couple of years ago. And for Foden to only to be the only one really given a half chance in the lineup is kind of a disappointment. He's obviously earned that, and he's uh, always always plays well when he is included. Uh, but you'd like to think that Sancho and Diaz could have done the same thing if they were given uh, something similar in terms of the chances in the squad. He's only 19. He made 15 senior appearances for City. He scored two goals, both of which came in their 2-0 victory over Fulham in the, the League Cup in November. So uh, not like we talked about, not a not a player who received a ton of time with the first team for City. We'll see how that one plays out in the long run. And now we get to the business of why of something we've been teasing on Twitter for a little while now we talked about at the beginning of the episode and that will be my team of the season so far once again uh no more than 3 players from one team uh we're, I'm going to do a 4-3-3 with a holding midfielder and uh, all right so here we go and Sorry, uh, in <laughs> yes <laughs> in goal I'm going to go with Allison from Liverpool I really don't think there's many options better he has Literally saved us in so many games, games that we would have lost, we drew or won this season. He has been fantastic. I think the only other player we could maybe be talking about possibly be Ederson. I know he's had a really good year, but I'm going to go with, like I said, with Allison, who's been fantastic. At left back, I'm going to go and do something that it was very tough for me to not include Andy Robertson in this team, but I'm going to go with Lucas Digne, who has impressed me over at Everton. A God bunch damn. of really nice goals. Yeah, you got him too, Alex? Yeah, I mean, he's he's on the short list. He's probably yeah. favored <laughs> for the same yeah. reason. He's been good. He's been good. I mean, this is he's the French international has played very well in Marco Silva's setup there over at Everton. Um, my first center back, I'm going to go with Americ Laporte from Manchester City. I've been very impressed with him in their back line all season. In my opinion, he's the best one they have. Not that Stones and company aren't also very good, but he's the one I would want if I had the opportunity to snag either of them. Uh, My next one is Virgil van Dijk. This one was the easiest name to put on the sheet. He's been fucking amazing this year. Just an absolute rock at the back. And additionally, same thing, like Allison does the same thing, but the ball-playing distribution to to help start start a counterattack is just, oh, I I could write books about how beautiful it is. Um, At right back, this one was a little bit more difficult. Um, I kind of struggled, but I'm going to go with a tried, true, and a great defender. And I know they're not as far ahead as Alex would like them, but I'm going to put Alex Pilicueta as my right back just because I I don't love what Kyle Walker's done all season. He hasn't necessarily been to his top level, and neither has Trippier really for Tottenham. I know what I'm getting out of Aspilicueta every game. Is this the same thing as uh, last season at left back when we all put Alonso in because we looked around the league at left back and just kind of thought to ourselves, who is playing well this year? 
and yeah, just kind of kind they got of, in by I default because they hadn't been as shit as everyone else. Again, I could make a case. I could make a case for Gomez or Trent at right back, but I feel like Espelicueta is just doing what he does, and like that guy's gonna go give you an eight out of ten performance most days. And so that's that. That's enough to bring it home, you know. I, I'm gonna give my team on on Wednesday with Javier uh, after our preview pod. Uh, but I will say that Espelicueta wasn't really anywhere in my thought process for uh, this team, and I'm a Chelsea fan. But I think that's because have, who, I, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't settled on it yet. I have like a rough idea in my head of who, who I'm, who I'm going to pick. But I want to dive into it a little bit more before I uh, put any put any pen to paper. But Espelicueta, the, the general consensus seems to be that he had a tough time of things initially adjusting to this new system timing his runs to get forward and everything, which is obviously so important. But over the last month, ever since like a game or two before the Manchester City performance, he's been he's been one of our best players. So yeah, I, I, taking the whole season so far into account, or uh, I, I wouldn't have put him in there, but it, he's definitely well on his way back to being one of the best right backs in the league for sure. All right, now we go into the midfield. Um, my first one comes from Arsenal. Is this, this defensive is midfield or uh, one of the attacking? Defensive midfield. Lucas Torreira has really, really, really impressed me this year. This um, is good because now Javier and I can plan our teams accordingly. Like Just so we don't all have the same team because I feel like that, oh, ha- yeah. that happens a, a good amount. There's maybe one or two differences, but Lucas Torreira is, yeah, that's a solid pick. He's been really, really good. Uh, was vital in their North London Derby win. And their game against Liverpool, where they drew at home, not the not the second one when they got smoked five one. People forget about that. Don't forget about that. Um, but he's been great this year, and honestly, like Arsenal should just go find ten pieces of wood to play around with that guy because he's, he's at least they won't fall down when Roberto Firmino runs at them. <laughs> this is true. This people forget. Um, no, but I'll put I'll put Torreira there. Um, and then this is this was hard because I really wanted to put Georgina Wijnaldum in my in my team of the season. Would you have him like, in defensive midfield, or would you have him in one of the other n- two attacking? He would have been he would have been just a a regular midfielder. Um, okay. And I mean, I look over it. You look over at Manchester United, and it's like, yeah, Pogba's had some good performances over the last couple of weeks, but it's yeah, nothing but he's not, special. Yeah, come on, he's, <laughs> he hasn't no, played half the season. Yeah. Um. Chelsea haven't scored enough goals in my mind to really have I mean they're they're adjusting systems and they're still up there but no offense like Kovacic and and N'Golo Kante and Jorginho aren't up there yet for me like it's just not not there um but Bernardo Silva is I've been really impressed with some of his time in midfield yeah they've kind of struggled in the last couple weeks but he's also played some just absurd games this year so he's one of your two attacking midfielders he's one of my two attacking midfielders and honestly, because he's still contributing at a high level, and yeah, he's probably on the way out. David Silva's my other one. Like, really? Yeah, David like, Silva. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I there's like a couple You're wasting other guys. Manchester City spots here, but okay. I am. I am. Well, that's the other thing. Like, there's a couple no, guys because now you you can't pick Sterling if you have Laporte, Silva, and Silva. I, I didn't even think about Sterling up front. <laughs> okay. Didn't. Didn't, I, and I I'm don't questioning think the integrity why. of your list, Andrew, with no Raheem why? Sterling. Why? I've only used two Liverpool players so far, so you know yeah. who my other one is. Yeah, well, it's going to be Mo Salah. It's going to be Mo Salah. Okay, so yeah, he's, sorry, keep going. Mo's Mo's been okay. Just this is good because this means that by default our our, our teams will be very different. <laughs> it was a bit too similar for my liking early on, but now now that yeah. we're getting down to the up to the forward line, uh, I can I, see where it, we differ. Um. I most likely would have put Kevin De Bruyne in midfield if he had been playing all season, but he hasn't. Um, I haven't seen enough from Erickson this year. Um, I haven't been that impressed with... I mean, I am a big fan of what Wolves are doing, but Neves hasn't been that good that I could have put him in this list yet. Um, so, fine. My front three, obviously Mo Salah. Up top, I've got a Bamiyang. And a left wing, there's only one option. <laughs> Yeah, it's has it's Eden Hazard. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't see I don't see how Raheem Sterling gets into anybody's team of the season at, up top, unless you're I guess I guess you're gonna run Mo as a striker, which they've done a bunch this year. But I think that's a natural I, pick. I, I would or not I could, include I, Mo Salah. Yeah, but I mean I don't know how you not include Mo Salah. Like, 
He's he's been good, but there. I think it's fair to say that Liverpool have been much more reliant on their defense this year. The goals are obviously important, but uh, Raheem and Sterling like, is all right. But it's not just the goals, Alex. He's scoring. The, they're only winning one or two nil, and he's scoring those goals. Yeah, like, the goals they, are important. I, I agree with you, and I, I, he'll probably be in my team. Uh, there just has, and this is, and we say it every year. This is the. The, the the issue with this system it makes it more interesting because you're tr- basically saying what do you value more and what like, I'm looking deeper than just the stats like what do those stats mean and how do they stack up against this other player in their situation um i yeah just raheem sterling to me it's just it's a, to not have raheem sterling and to have aspiliqueta i'm just kind of like what <laughs> it's i don't know I'm, I'm the chelsea fan here and i'm sitting here like what <laughs> i mean i didn't I, and also Aubameyang, still... what you say about sala that he's scored important goals because you guys have been winning one or two now is the counter opposite point for Aubameyang where he just scores uh, tap-ins when the game's already like two or three now, you know, except, except and he against misses Tottenham. a bunch of other chances. Yes. The Tottenham game was obviously excellent. He's had good games this year, but um, I, I'd probably prefer Kane to Aubameyang to be honest. That's fine. I'm, I've always been an Aubameyang guy over a Kane guy. I thought about Kane for a while, but I mean, the numbers are there for Aubameyang. Like, I'll, I'll take those. Like, and also, I've been riding the Aubameyang train on fantasy longer than I should have. So, I mean, you also picked Aubameyang to win Golden Boot. So, hey, so Golden Boot to me doesn't mean you're necessarily like the best player. <laughs> you know, that's fair. Yeah, that's I, fair. I am an Eden Hazard fan after all. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Um, my coach of the year, I think, is who's your player a couple- of the year. I'm going to get there in a second. Oh, okay. You're doing that uh, one first. I just want to make sure you didn't forget. I didn't forget. No, I knew all about it. Um, there's a couple different ways that you could go coach of the year. I'd like to nominate Jose Mourinho just for entertaining us all year. Um, <laughs> you troll. <laughs> am I? I don't I don't think I'm really that cool. Um, just remember you did this, Andrew. Liverpool did this. We would still be having fun, making fun of United, creating more memes, but you guys had to go and beat them 3-1. You yeah, couldn't just did. take a draw. Yeah. You couldn't just take a draw. We really did. Um, uh, friend of the pod, Mike, and I did some math, and uh, the day that Wayne Rooney was arrested was uh, conveniently right around the same time that Liverpool beat Manchester United 3-1. There's a rumor that he yelled at the TV, you effing see you next Tuesdays <laughs> at the TV, as because uh, he got arrested in Dulles Airport. Yeah, uh, he got arrested in Arrested at Dallas Airport for for being drunk in public and publicly swearing. Trying to take the edge off before his flight back home for Christmas and uh, watching the United-Liverpool game, cursing at the TV. Do you you realize how hard it is to get arrested for being drunk in public in D.C. and and swearing in public? Like, I've done that so many fucking times. Not in Virginia. They're all all Baptists down there. (laughs) Yeah, but, like, something about, like, the arrest said Bethesda. So well, no, that's know. his, that's his, that's his address. That's like his, uh, residence. Oh, so he's living in Bethesda. Good to know. Manager of the year. There are a couple ways. Just do it. Come this. on. We know what you're going to say. Just do it. Yeah. We know. We're going to, you know, I'm going to say you're in clap. Like, come on. Like they're, they're four points clear when they were not supposed to be going up against a team. That's historically one of the best of all time. Blah, 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 blah. They've only lost once for a team for Jurgen Klopp. Who's been criticized for years for, for, you know, Scoring for for conceding too many goals, he finally fixed defense. They've got a plus thirty nine goal differential. They've only allowed ten goals. Like you have to give it to him. And my player of the year, I was gonna go Eden Hazard earlier in the year. I really was. I he's playing excellent football. My player of the year is Virgil Van Dyke. He has you take him out of this team, like you take him out of this team, and it's a completely different Liverpool team. Yes, it's a completely different Chelsea team as well. I'm not going to sit here and debate that. But Liverpool are top of the league right now. And we just you just mentioned it. Their defense has been the talking point. Virgil van Dijk has been excellent all over the place. He's a real leader on the back line. We've cleaned up the set pieces. He's scoring goals. He's helping. He created the assist against Everton. Like, he's a man who can do it all. Like, I love him. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I learned how to love I again. I love him. <laughs> after okay, after Tom being Cruise a, from after, uh, being a, after being a Washington Redskins fan and watching okay, this Jerry Maguire rip my heart out 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 of my out of my beating chest every single year. Virgil Van Dyke has taught me how to love again. Oh I don't God. think it's that weird. 
You complete me. That's what you, you sound like to me, right? Hello. Yeah, you had me at hello, exactly. <laughs> oh gosh. Um yeah, I'm gonna I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue it right now. Like, I, I feel like you can't really go wrong with either Hazard or uh or Van Dyke so far. Is there any other player that you think has somewhat of a of a shout for the award? Um that is tough. Uh I'm just trying to run I'm trying to like whip my head through rosters. Um I mean certainly there's who would you say for City this year would really deserve I cuz I mean I guess Raheem Sterling but Sterling or Fernandinho had he not been uh, and honestly the the two or three losses or the two losses that they took when he was out of the lineup I think help his his case there. And how good and that. how good they looked when he returned and was playing against Liverpool in the, like their biggest game of the season to date. That's uh, fair. But the yeah, only, you're right. It, it doesn't scream like player of the season material. I, like I, it's not as solid of a case as Hazard for Chelsea and uh, Van Dijk for Liverpool. I guess you could. I wouldn't nominate him yet, but if he goes on and like scores a shit ton of goals, and maybe Harry Kane, but he'd have to score like he'd have to break. He'd have to break uh, Salah's record. Is the only way he wins that. Um, I no, but I'm just think... I just mean like right now at this moment in the season. That's yeah, obviously what we're doing. Right, the for. right now I think it's I think it's Van Dyke and, and Eden Hazard. I really do. Maybe Allison gets some votes, but yeah, no, it's not I mean, Salah. A- it's Allison's not Salah. success is very reliant on Van Dyke. I would agree with that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that's pretty much it for tonight. Um, Alex and Javier are going to get you ready for back to regularly scheduled programming. Uh, my work schedule currently is a little bit all over the place, so I don't know how often I'm going to be able to pop on here. But um, I will be contributing as much as I can. I've got a couple interviews to look out for. Uh, Ryan Bailey and I are going to get into a heated discussion because he thinks Liverpool are going to screw it up. <laughs> Yeah, but he didn't give any tactical reasons. It was all entirely based on, well, if Liverpool get injured, then they're going to lose the league, which is like... I did see the video. Right. I don't think... Yeah, that's that's un, that's unfair. Uh, yeah. It's like, possible, so he can't, he can't be completely wrong, but it's, it's unfair because, you know, people weren't saying the same of City last year. Right. Uh, and then uh, there's a couple more people. So uh, look out for new stuff. Um, follow us on Twitter at Andrew Passaro at ASMOS92 at Ghost Gold Pod at JavierRev9 on Instagram for Javier. Um, like and subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a rating. Until next time. Bye. Bye.